0: Welcome to The Insider with Delaney Caulfield. Today, I am once again graced by the lovely presence of Mr. Tom Hogue. Oh, you're so kind. (laughs) I try to be. try to keep everyone happy, you know.
1: (laughs) You're doing a good job.
0: Well, Tom, you wrote a very interesting story here about the lumber industry and how it kind of, I'm not going to say started in Hamilton, but we did have something going on here back in the day, eh?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Again... All those stories we knew mm-hmm. about the settlers and so forth <laughs> from our textbooks. Yep, yep. It not only happened close to here, mm-hmm. it happened like right down the block. Wow. So a lot of things were learned. Um, settlers came uh, after the Revolutionary War in the U.S. We know that story. They were given land mm-hmm. as United Empire loyalists for their loyalty in uh, fighting off, you know, those bad Americans. <laughs> so this this land, though the crown really required them to clear it uh, as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. So they did. They just burned the wood. So they were the first loggers. Really, they just burned it. Uh, they burn burned all down. it. Not all of it. They kept the softwood, the pines, which were um, uh, the story points out were the size of uh, wind turbines. They were Jeez. giant, giant pines. Just like the, you know, those, West Coast forests yep. that we see, uh, these were uh, red pine, white pine, and then underneath that canopy of the giant pines, with the big trunks, were the giant hardwoods, hmm. oak, walnut, etc. So you had two levels, both big, impossible to kind of hike through, if you yeah. were gonna, if you were given some land and you had to kind of like, either. Truck up the Welland River or into these inlets uh, in Jordan, et cetera, um, in the summer,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then by sleigh in the winter. There was no way of getting through these oh, forests.
0: Yeah, impassable for sure. uh, some Indian
1: trails. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they just they just uh, they just cut it all down and burned it, and kept the softwood, the the, the pine. It was more pliable. Some of it was. Uh, at, we're talking now, you know, just before the turn of the uh, 19th century, so 1790s, okay. 1801. Okay. By, in 50 years, it was all gone.
0: Jeez.
1: Because then true logging operations came in mm-hmm. to assist the, uh, you know, the farmers. Yep. Get that land cleared.
0: Yeah, those, uh, those crops. Yep. damn old trees. <laughs> Useless.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, they, they, be, they became useful. <laughs> they certainly became useful, but there was no uh, forestation. Nobody thought that it would ever end, and uh, it turns out it was a McMaster student, uh, his name is Zavitz. Right,
0: yes, yes. So here's
1: a Zavitz guy, he um, he starts to see evidence, and down in Turkey Point, mm-hmm. it's very sandy, and also the Oak Ridges Moraine, uh, uh, east of Toronto, or up, you know, just Korthas, the sandy soil that was mm-hmm. logged, and then, and then uh, dealt with... Through sort of cattle grazing and uh, agriculture, sandy soil was just blowing around. It was a desert. Jeez. So he brought attention to this these deserts that were uh, that were being created uh, again, just down the block right. from us on the lake. So he pushed the panic button and uh, is noted for his work uh, because he produced this wasteland report. Mm. Um, in, uh, in and around 1911. Produces this wasteland report. Uh, a few years earlier, um, the Ontario fruit growers, which, these were, this was a powerful group. These were like, these were like it wasn't an, an almanac. Mm-hmm. These were the true sort of uh, agricultural scientists of the day, uh, determining sort of what crops would work, what, you know, noticing patterns in the soil. And uh, a big conference, um, I'm jumping back now to a conference here in uh, 1887 when uh, the Fruit Growers Association had their sort of regional meeting here and and they're like looking at the escarpment and there's no trees on the escarpment. Right. It's all been logged out.
0: Barren, yeah. Yep.
1: And logging operations had already exhausted the supply Mm -hmm. from here to Port Dover. All the sawmills were now uh, practically shut down, and operations had moved to the Ottawa Valley mm. to plunder. But around from that period of 1887 to, uh, to 1911, uh, hard work was being put into identifying the problems of just runaway logging. Right. So some big changes happened here in Hamilton. So, so it
0: kind of sounds like this guy almost saved... Sure, he did. Yeah, forests, like especially in he, our area. Well, he
1: he saved other forests.
0: <laughs> oh, true. It was like, too late for he, this. He cut all our, ours yeah. down, but he yeah, saved Quebec, like, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, he saved uh, he saved the forests, uh, and there was another guy. His name was Little. Mm. Um, so Little was he was he ran all the sawmills practically. Mm. His operation was in uh, was a place called Seneca, it's now Caledonia, mm. and it was just get those logs in. And saw them up and shipped them out to. At this point, it was the U.S. market. Okay. So the the those early settlers, some of those softwood, softwood square, you know, squared off chunks of wood were basically shipped over to Britain, Hmm. made nice naval masts. Hmm. But uh, by the time that hardcore uh, sawmill activity is going, it was all being shipped to the states as fast as possible.
0: Yeah,
1: so on. yeah, they, this uh, Zabitz is credited as being the uh, sort of the father of reforestation, mm-hmm. and he made it into the uh, into the lands and forest ministry, and you know had a had a, a nice career um, for spreading the good word <laughs> to reseed. Yep. Oh yes. yes, so so his his early job was he became uh, really the first forester of uh, Ontario right on yeah shout out to him uh and i mean there were other people involved mm-hmm. the, the the effort to um to really manage our forests mm-hmm. sort of became it, it became a political event there were incentives to reseed even here um a question early alderman and uh provincial figure mm-hmm. political figure uh Again, established, you know, some parks, forest mm-hmm. reserves um, were set aside, and uh, but re- yes, reforestation, as we know it, the seed of it, as it were, began right here in Hamilton. Wow,
0: Hamilton truly is an incredible city. I have to say, like I was, I'm surprised by learning more and more about it.
1: Yeah, we we we're best served, you know, to look back at at, at some of the those those pinch points. Yeah. And and really kind of examine what what it took to turn around uh, mm-hmm. you know the politics or public opinion of the day mm-hmm. because uh, I should shout out to this uh, John B- John Backer who uh, whose book is Two Billion Trees and Counting mm-hmm. and it's the story of Edmund uh, Zavitz so Backer. Uh, He's he did his PhD here at Mac on Zavitz, and I uh, I chatted with him. He'd make a great podcast. um, worked uh, He worked, um, I mean, in his own way, he's he's done a lot to uh, really to preserve landscape Mm -hmm. and uh, and focus uh, public attention on resources or you know um, poorly poorly managed resources. Anyways, Mm -hmm. his the point of his uh, look back is that this period that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. 1887, if you were promoting um, reforestation or drawing attention to some of these obvious problems, you as, as Backer says, you were a voice in the wilderness. No right. one was listening. Yeah. The pub. If you said, "Oh, we better start uh, thinking about, you know, an end in sight mm-hmm. to you know to logging." Yep. Be like, are you crazy? <laughs> Look at these trees; they go on. <laughs> so
0: I feel like there's a there's a point here to be made about climate change, you know, and the same kind of thing, history repeating itself. So uh, to speak. Well,
1: that's that's precisely what um, what the, the point, what backers' point is. Yes, yeah. Is is um, you can't give up. There, there, there's a industry. There's a methodology, in how you sort of shift. You know, mm-hmm. no one would. I I would think no one would imagine that, uh, you know, all the trees had to stay right? because this is good agricultural land and, you know, we've done well Mm -hmm. with planting of, uh, you know, crops initially wheat uh, and so forth. And those mills ran. I mean, you know, there's an engine to it all, but there's also at what point do we start to... Um, you know, manage it mm-hmm. better.
0: Kind of pull out and see the bigger picture. Uh-huh. Of it all. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah.
1: it's all there mm-hmm. in the archives of the Hamilton Spectator.
0: <laughs> so, talking about like modern forestry. Yeah. So, what's going on here now?
1: There, there's a vestige of that. Um, those practices here still. Mm-hmm. Uh, the feature describes Mill Grove uh, sawmill. Mm-hmm. Uh, up in uh, Dundas, Greenville area. So they still are doing it old-fashioned way. And the logs come in. Mm-hmm. The, the loggers take the form of, um, you know, city-contracted uh, services like Davy Tree right. or uh, right. Beswick or others. Mm-hmm. I mean, these it's like... It's like nails and hair. You still got to maintain, you know, you got, they grow and yep. you got to prune them or mm-hmm. they get blown down by storms. Mm-hmm. So all that wood gets uh, repurposed. Um, uh, you know, obviously there is firewood or, um, and places like Millgrove are, uh, are handling some of it. They're also uh, managing the selected harvest of a hardwood. Mm-hmm. So if you have... Uh, woodlot you can apply to have some trees knocked down Um, it's a process they get marked they get evaluated and then you get permission to take down a you know perfectly good you know oak
0: and that's like a year-long process just doing that
1: yes uh, even that's gone through some uh, as Backer John Backer points out it's gone through some periods where it wasn't always once once these forestry practices were put in place there were gaps uh, the Harris years and mm-hmm. even I think through the Bob Ray years mm-hmm. um, the ministry markers uh, as I understand it used to go through property do an mm-hmm. audit mark the trees mm-hmm. and then uh, promote this uh, this feedstock you know these trees that that could be taken down so everybody who had a like a you know a mill operation could compete um fairly then that disappeared during those Harris years so it was just a bit of a free-for-all oh yeah then you know things tightened up uh, of course we have uh provincial government in um in Ontario mm-hmm. that wants to uh uh you know rip out some of that red tape again <laughs> so we're seeing these forestry practices um revisited right uh to the immediate uh, you know game end game of, uh, of supplying wood at a faster and I suppose more mm-hmm. competitive rate but again this is another uh, this is another period where we're being instructed to pay some close attention right particularly yeah. in Northern Ontario okay yeah where that's those are where the stands are that mm-hmm. um, that uh, the focus is on
0: Okay. So you, if you had acreage of land, you asked, you know, get it tagged and all that. Mm-hmm. So what happens to the wood after that? It gets shipped to Millgrove, was it? Uh, you could, I mean,
1: you can take your tree. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, you know, a big, we're talking about hardwoods. Those right. t- those settler days, mm-hmm. hardwood were just uh, an obstacle. They were burned. Um Obviously, they're valued for, you know, furniture making. Yep. There is a growing uh, interest in uh, wood uh, wood furniture and wood products, again. Live mm-hmm. edge tables, they look beautiful. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people in the live edge table market. Uh, there's a, also in high-end uh, just cabinetry mm-hmm. and, and charcuterie boards and oh, so yeah. forth. Oh, yeah. I right? see
0: the cheese board, all sure. that. You see them everywhere,
1: right? Well, the uh, story... We 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 cycle back through a company called Barn Board Store, uh, new new newish operation here in Hamilton, Mm -hmm. Um, and they they'll produce uh, some uh, sort of finer products from these from these hardwoods.
0: Very cool.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So makers, Mm -hmm. you know, like the arts and crafts makers from that period, that's all coming back, and as well it's being driven by appreciation from the public yeah so they go uh hand in glove really
0: mm-hmm. um, well, it comes back around
1: yeah so right now a tree that falls in the forest mm-hmm. might be heard by mill there you go they pick up oh <laughs> well, this is sad <laughs> they pick up the the wood and either repurpose it back to that mm-hmm. landowner as firewood um or um uh, turn it into, they've got their own industry, I think, out there making, uh, you know, making skids and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, No, wood, wood is a, wood is a big, big uh, product to stay as an industry, as a a resource. Yeah. Uh, And the next piece coming up will be a description of how the wood industry is um, replacing oil and plastics. Oh, yeah, all right. Some great research. So that's just a little tease yeah. for what's coming down. Very the
0: cool, and it's uh, you know this logging, the forestry, it's not just in BC, man, it's right here.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a we, good thing to remember. Yeah. Northern Ontario, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And awesome. it's it's a renewable and and it's a recyclable resource. It's got lots of wins.
0: Mm-hmm. What is the answer?
1: <laughs> what is the answer?
0: <laughs> well, once again, Tom, thank you very much for sitting down okay. for the insider. This Appreciate has been it. Delaney Caulfield. Okay.